incredible. We can, we can consume and retain so much. But if we don't control it, we'll consume and, and retain all the entertainment stuff. You ever notice how kids know the words to a song before they know their homework? Huh. They have no commercial. Yep. Right? Remember they used to do commercials back in the day? Yep. How many of you remember, remember some of the commercials, right? <laughs> I don't want to grow up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Toys R Us kids. They haven't been to Toys R Us commercial in 25, 30 years. Remember, remember, remember the little big bag? Two of them, big bags. Lettuce, cheese, on the sesame. We do the recipe to a big one. They haven't done that in 30 years. Right? I wish I was a... You really wish you was a winner? <laughs> but they Guys, this stuff has been riding around in your head for 30 years. Isn't that something rare to me? Right? Bring time to us. I put that on everything. They got all this in our head. Right? And we've been carrying it for years. But when it comes out of weight, we don't have to do it. We don't have to Wow. Even when we were in school, we forget. Whatever we don't use, we forget. I don't want to forget that stuff. I mean, I don't use it. I ain't wanted to be a wiener in a long time. <laughs> don't need a big man. We went home and tried to make it. It didn't come out the same. Right? So we really got to control this thing because it's amazing. But when we don't control it, they just fill it up with stuff to keep it busy so that you don't think about lingering. You know, I, I said something at lunch that really took, took you back. What did I say? Did you remember? Did you remember? I, say, I said, the reason why so many people identify with what I talk about is because failure is programmed. So most of us live it the same way. It's only when you break out of the program to become successful that you start to have an individual experience. So when I get up here and just tell my story, so many people relate to my story because we all live in a programmable story. All is the same. Don't matter what state you're from, no matter who, all our mothers acted alike, you notice that? All our fathers was alike, the neighbor was alike. We all got spanked by one at some point. You know, the lady on the porch yelling at the kids. It was one in every neighborhood in every state in America. You start asking yourself, how? All of our mothers said, I brought you in this world. All of them. Did they go to a mama school? How they all learn the same threat? Because our lives were programmed. They're programmable. We all went through the same program to get through life. It only starts to change when you break out of the program and start trying to become successful. Then you start to have an individual experience. So guys, 90% of winning is, is the way we think. 
home, but it ain't doing nothing when I push this button. I didn't break it. Well, you gotta push it six times. So, it's not just a leadership mindset, but then it's a culture we have to create so that we support each other. So that we use this mindset on a regular basis so we can get the maximum out of it. So let's do some more mind control real quick. Um, how many of you saw the movie Men in Black? You, you remember how every time they killed a big alien, the head would open up and there'd be a little alien in there that was controlling it? You know, we all the same way. See, there's a little alien in each of our heads. And we're gonna do something, I'm, I'm gonna introduce you to your alien. See, what I want you to do is on the count of three, I want you to say the word rock star without using your mouth. I want you to say it out loud to me. I want you to say it. One, two, three. How many of you heard yourself say it? So when you, when you think rock star, you hear rock star, don't you? There's a voice in your head that said rock star. You heard it. Now the person next to you didn't hear you say it, but you heard you say it, right? See, there's a little you inside of you that controls everything. That's who said rock star when you asked it to. Here's the problem. What do we normally ask it to say? See, if the little you is controlling, then that's really what matters is what that you thinks. The problem is we don't use that you for anything but negativity. See, when somebody walk in the room with something they shouldn't have on, we look and go, mm, no, she didn't wear that. Who, who, who said that? Because you don't say it out loud, you don't want nobody to hear you say that, you don't want to offend nobody, but you thinking, uh-uh. See, anytime we think something negative, we don't want nobody to know, we, we talk to the little you, which is the most powerful you, and you only feeding it with negativity. But when little you should be saying, you can do it, that ain't what you're hearing. So the first thing we have to do is acknowledge and control the rock star within. I gotta make sure my brain's always talking positive, thinking positive. I'm not using it for negativity. I don't use it to talk about people that I don't want them to hear me talking about them. I don't use it for to, to say things that I don't really want people to hear me say. I use it to say positivity to me. You gotta change yours. Don't use it for the negativity. If you can't say it out loud, don't say it at all. Don't think it. Don't even let the little voice say it. Don't let no part of you participate in the negativity. It ain't worth saying. Right? See, if we start with that kind of control, we up our power right there. So we got to learn how to control the rock star within. Number two, we got to become obsessed with our goals. There are trigger words in our society that have been used as trigger words for a reason 
because it keeps you from giving it your all. For instance, obsessed is technically being used as a bad word. Whenever somebody says you're obsessed with something, it's a negativity to it. But here's the reality. Obsession is great when you're obsessed with something that's yours. Your goals, your plans, your business. Obsessed is bad when it's not yours. Don't be obsessed with somebody else's wife. That's a problem. Don't be obsessed with somebody else's belongings, somebody else's house, somebody else's success. See, obsessed is only bad when it's not yours. But we put it in the bad category, and I'm not obsessed with anything. Well, you better get obsessed about something. Because it's that level of intensity that creates success. See, let me talk to you about how the brain works again. Your brain, as incredible as it is at doing things, typically spends most of its time focused on one thing. What is the one thing your brain focuses on all day? Survival, living. Your brain's number one purpose is your self-preservation. So, what do you require to live? Food. So your brain makes sure you eat or it sends hunger pains if you don't. It tries to let you know when you're full so you don't overeat. Brain does that. What else do you need to survive? Well, that, I'll put that in the food category. You gotta breathe. You gotta breathe. You mess around and forget to breathe, it's over, it's a wrap. You ain't gonna have but a minute or two. So your brain makes sure you take regular breaths. Communicates with the lungs, consume, it keeps it on a pattern, got a real rhythm to go. Right? That's all brain. So now brain's making sure you eat, brain's making sure you breathe, what else do you need? You gotta get some sleep. We all have tried to defy that one, and we usually pass out, right? See, brain gonna ask you to sleep, gonna make you tired, and then if you don't listen, you're gonna pass you out. Right where you at. I mean, you didn't pass out at some place you weren't supposed to. Yeah, because after a while, the brain going to go ahead and sit you down. You need to rest. You cannot stay up for an unlimited amount of time. Some of us can get a day or two in. Third or fourth day, you're going to fall asleep. And then it, it might be at the wrong time, driving or something really dangerous. But if you don't get enough rest, the brain will shut you down. So you got to sleep. You got to breathe. You got to eat, whatever. That heart got to pump that blood through so the brain make it Yeah, Got to get the circulation. Brain working on circulation. What else we got to do? What, I'm talking about the part that the brain do. They get the health, part you do. This is the part the brain do automatically. I can't believe y'all forgot the most important one. You got the crap. Or you full of can't go all life full of crap. I mean, you eating and drinking, breathing and circulating, you ain't gonna crap none of it out. You got to crap. See, that's the one we don't want to think about. Nasty thing, but bottom line is, if you don't crap on a regular basis, your health gonna get bad. 
cause all kinds of diseases and health problems. Right? Brain making sure that system works. Supposed to keep you pretty regular. If you ain't regular, you need to go do something and get regular. See guys, these are the things that your highly evolved brain that could build a rocket ship to the moon spends most of its time doing. Making sure you eat, drink, sleep, crap. Isn't that something? So it only breaks those patterns when you make it. How do you get your brain to break patterns? Well, you gotta get obsessed about something enough that you irritate your brain into helping you achieve what you're obsessed about so it can get back to the things it must do. Let me, let me, let me uh, elbow some of my religious folks again. And every now and then I gotta elbow my religious folks. And, and it's only y'all that don't know. The, the pastors know what I'm talking about. There's some pastors in the room. When I, when I throw the elbow, they go, there it is. <laughs> see, see, the reason we're taught to pray and get deep for a minute is not because God can't hear you or that he doesn't know what your heart desires. The reason you're taught to pray is so you hear you. You remind you of what you say you want. And you remind you often enough that it triggers the God in you to help you get it. But if you don't say it but once, your brain gonna go, a car I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to make sure you breathe. Are you really bothering me with a car right now, Bill? I mean, are you really saying you need another house, Bill? What I need to do is make sure your circulatory system working so you crack right. And you over here talking about a car. So the first time you say it, your brain rejects it. Can you say it again? And again? And again? And again? And again? And then your brain kind of just like our mama just to go, boy, if you don't, right? Remember when you sit there and go, mama, 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 mama. Mama, can I have that cookie? Boy, don't you ain't need no cookie right now. Mama, 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 mama. Remember that? Some of y'all have the flashbacks right now. Your kid do that to some of y'all over here like this. Ooh, don't even, ah, I can hear his voice. Mama, mama. Eventually my mama go, boy, if you don't take that cookie and go outside. I just wanted to kick you out, go on outside. <laughs> but I knew if I stayed here on that mama, I used to do it when she put me on punishment. You ever get put on punishment? You stay in your butt in this house all day. I sit right at the end of her bed. Mama, mama. That was her punishment. Mama, can we watch something on TV? Mama, can I turn the TV? Mama, mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I didn't put it. Mama, boy, if you don't go outside, oh, okay. <laughs> My punishment be over. But I stayed there, but I would get right up under. We, I'm on punishment, I'm gonna stay here with you, mama. What are we gonna watch on TV, mama? What are we gonna eat, mama? Mama, 
Lord, you don't go outside and get away from me before I kill you? Okay, I'm back outside. I thought you was on punishment all day. I was, but you don't know how to use that mama. But you gotta use that on you. See, you gotta say to yourself, whatever it is your goals are, you gotta say it every day. You gotta pray it every day, two, three times a day, four times a day. You gotta keep on saying it. So you break out of this normal routine and you start trying to figure, your brain will figure out how to do what you want it to do if you irritate it enough. It'll give you a solution. But if you don't ask it for nothing, guess what it's gonna do? What it does automatically, it's gonna make sure you eat, sleep, crap. That part will do without you asking because it was programmed for your survival. So this is why I talk so much about controlling this because the power is in here. The power is in here. But if you tell people to just repeat something, they won't. Tell them to pray, they will. Isn't that amazing? Now, unfortunately, not enough people pray either, and that's why most people don't get nothing. Even though we tried to get you to pray for it, you can't even get yourself to repeat that. Starting to see the ratio? That's why people say, oh, people pray more, get more. They sure do. Because <laughs> they don't let themselves forget what they want. They talking to God about it all the time. Hard to forget, isn't it? Now for those of you who don't write it down, don't have a goal, and don't pray, and don't talk to God, what are you doing? Which is why most people's lives are like this. And nothing happens. Only thing they're getting right is sleep, eat, breathe, crap. Some of them messing that up, that's why they're full of crap. <laughs> Got a whole lot of people full of crap. Ain't that something? You gotta have a merger. In order to be successful, you gotta have a merger. Now who are you merging with? You're merging with whoever your mentor or your upline or your success partner is. You have to get somebody to do this with you. Another reason why so many people fail is they try to win by themselves. You cannot. There's not a success, I don't care what anybody ever says to you, there's not a successful person on this planet that did it by themselves. They didn't. You take, you take uh, 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 Berkshire Hathaway, what's the dude's name? Old dude, can't think of it. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett started Berkshire Hathaway with $10,000 investments from family and friends. He didn't do it by himself. You take Elon Musk. Elon Musk started his company with the money from his mom and dad who had a, 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 a mineral mine in South Africa. You take the little Facebook dude. Mark Zuckerberg, who started Facebook in his dorm room with some other people who did the programming, a whole little group of them. They created it as a dating app first and it evolved into Facebook. Some college kids in a dorm room. These are all people we look at today and go, wealthiest men in the world. None of them got there by themselves. 
You cannot win by yourself. So the first decision you got to make is who are you merging with? The natural choice would be the person who brought you here or the person whose team you're in or the director that you're under. But if that don't work for you, find somebody. When I joined this industry, my sponsor, I didn't identify with. I was a 19-year-old kid. My sponsor was a grown man, married, you know, children, the whole nine yards. I was 19 with nothing. So when I saw this, I, I'm thinking success and party and fast cars and nightlife. And he had four boys in a minivan. I was just like, eh, not yet. <clears throat> Me and you ain't, we can't relate yet. <clears throat> what I'm trying to go do, you probably done, and now you trying to do that. <clears throat> I'm not trying to do that. <clears throat> So I get together with him, he pull up in the minivan, we play tennis together, and I'll be like, but then I started looking at the rest of the uplines and I got to a guy named Joe Insor. Now Joe was older than me, he was in his 50s. I was 19, but Joe drove a Corvette. Joe's kids was grown. Joe had a yacht. Joe used to pull up in a limousine. I said, oh, shoot, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, like, uh, like that. I don't be like Joe when I grew up. Joe, Joe was 50, his, his wife was 30. I was like, oh, shoot. She was 30, she was still older than me. I was 19. But I was just like, he lived in the light. So I started following him on I learned the business from him. He was a master builder. Everything he did had a reason. He sold the dream to motivate young people because he knew young people was the future. So he purposely did that to attract the young people. He had a yacht called the Override. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Go out there on his yacht, drive his Corvette, I'll hang out at his house. I'd have this limo driver pick me up before he go pick him up. The limo driver name was Cliff Jenkins. I called Cliff, what Joe doing today? Oh, he just go running some errands. Come get me first. Joe come out of his house, get in his limo, I already be in there. He go, Chris, come do what you're doing in my car. But he never threw me out. He loved the ambition. He loved how hard I would work to get around him. He loved how I shut my mouth and took notes all day. He loved how I was truly trying to learn how to build. So he taught me. He said to me, if you follow what I teach you in 20 years, you'll be one of the best to ever do it. 20 years later, I'm the CEO of a major corporation. See, so once you find the person to have the merger with, listen. Listen. And hopefully they're gonna give you exactly what you need to go to the next level. And that's what he did for me. I became his personal project. I've traveled the country with him and I would open up the meetings for him. A lot of people say, now, Chris, you're a pretty good speaker, man. You're really good at it. I'm good at it because Joe started me at 19 or 20. And every single meeting, twice a week, he'd throw me up there first. 
And I'd be scared to death, but I'd do it. And then he'd come up behind me and he'd do his part. And then eventually he faded himself out and he threw somebody else up there and had me close. And he just sat back. And he said, well, Chris, how did you learn how to close? I did what I watched him do. I told all his jokes. Same jokes he told. Now, his, now, now let me give you the picture so you see the contrast. Joe Insa was a six foot five. Was he Argentine? Some he wasn't Russian. He wasn't Italian, but he looked like a mix between Italian and Russian. He was a tall guy with all white hair, and his hair was like a helmet with never a hair out of place. Six five, big dude. That's Joe Insa. Mustache, hair, and then. Little tiny black guy <laughs> following them around. Nothing about us looked like we had any business being around each other. But everywhere he went, he took me to the country, private country clubs. He took me. Get me in. Now he would tell me, don't try to come back here with your girlfriend to impress her. They're not going to let you in. <laughs> he took me to restaurants that were in the middle of the water that you could only get to by boat. I didn't even know that existed. Only people with yachts know it existed. That's how they keep us regular land people away from them. They have restaurants that only you could get to by yacht. He would take me to those restaurants. Everywhere we went, we'd go in and eat and drink and do whatever we wanted and then walk out without paying a bill. I was always nervous. Because I figured they're going to get anybody who you think they was going to get. Luke or talk, Joey, right? So when he walked, I'd be right behind. I mean, like, right real close. Just like, we leaving the restaurant. I'm like, hold, slow down, dude. <laughs> Trying to leave me here to wash the dishes, you know. We was eating a lot of stuff. He said, you don't have to worry about that. He said, everybody knows never to bring me a check. Whatever I do, send the bill to my office. My office manager pays the bill. There's nothing in here I can't afford, so why do I need to see the price or the check? I was like, that's what I'm talking about. I can't wait till I can live like that. I can't wait till it don't even matter. See, that motive, that merger motivated me. He lived the way I wanted to live. You got to have a merger and you got to find your person that's living the life you want to have. And that's who you got to merge with. Now, I know that's difficult. Some of you, y'all been growing so long, y'all just like, I don't need no mentor. I'm a grown man, I'm a grown, I don't care how old you are, you need a mentor. If there's a life you want to achieve, you better find somebody doing it. And you need to build a relationship. That's the shortcut to success. You want to go reinvent the wheel and learn all over from scratch on your own? You go right ahead, it's going to take you 30 years. But you can do it in three to five if you find somebody already doing it and ask some simple questions. I found Joe, spent some time with Joe. When Joe left this earth, he died on our birthday, Christmas Day. But he left that 30-year-old who became his wife. I was there when he met her. We did a meeting in Red Bank, New Jersey, and two flight attendants walked into the meeting as guests. Me and him standing there getting ready to do the meeting. Two flight attendants. He liked that little flight attendant. <laughs> After the meeting, he started talking to the flight attendant. That flight attendant ended up being his wife a couple of years later. I was there when he met her. We was on the yacht. She was out front on the yacht sunbathing. 
He was like, it's amazing what money can do, ain't it? But he had just bought her some breasts or something. And she was sunbathing. He said, it's amazing what money can do. I'm just like, damn, I'm gonna be like him when I grow up. He died. They had one son, Austin Charles Ensor. He left her $125 million. Say what you want, that's a bad man. Bad man. That girl and Austin Charles ain't have to worry about a dime for the rest of their life. Neither did any of the rest of his grown children already because he built a business in this same industry we in right now. Before he went to his meeting, he owned a pizzeria where he worked from 11 to 11 every night with his face and hands in a pizza oven at 500 degrees. He came to a meeting, he liked what he saw, he sold his pizzeria two weeks later and went full time recruiting and building. And when he died, he left $125 million business to his family. Think I picked a good one to have a merger with. Now, I didn't agree with all his lifestyle. He used to say to me all the time, Chris, your wife ain't even born yet. I go, uh-uh, I ain't dating nobody that young. <laughs> so, you know, he was 20-something years set. Me and my wife only eight years apart. That's about as young as I go. <laughs> and we didn't meet and get married until in our 40s. So in your 40s, eight years ain't really that different. Especially for women, she's eight years, so she's really eight years older than me because I was a big kid. So when you calculate it in 40s, you know, you, you really need to go 10 years younger just to get somebody put up with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at my age, at, at that point, she was way growner than I was in, with that eight years different. But I wasn't doing his 30 year thing. I'm like, dude, nah, that's something about that sound like prison to me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I ain't going to be able to go that far back. Not born yet. It's really, dude, I'm 20. What, I'm supposed to wait 30 years? But that was his weird thing. Don't copy everything people do. Pick the things you like. That's the lesson in that. Don't ever become exactly. But you got to have a merger. Hey, number four, you got to live your life right. What does living your life right means? It means... You have to understand the difference between fault versus responsibility. So we can argue all day about whose fault it is, but the bottom line is when it comes to your life, who's responsible? See, if you live your life right, then you accept responsibility and you don't waste your time on fault. Number five, the greatest principle I can ever teach you Save your money. Do y'all hear me? Yeah. Save your money is the greatest principle you will ever learn. Because business will ebb and flow. It will have its ups and downs. There'll be good times and bad times. But if you save your money, you can weather them all. But if you don't, you'll be forced to make decisions that will challenge your character, your integrity, your beliefs, Everything will be challenged. 
because you're trying to survive. Some of you are watching people right now we know living in a way we can't even understand and we're trying to figure out why would they do that? Because they didn't do this. Money is the number one reason. When you see somebody out of character, guess what usually got them out of character? Somebody said to me, Chris, if this company don't work out and go under, what you gonna do? I said, go home. I'm gonna go right home. I got a little cigar deck in the back of my house on the second level. Right by the door, got a little humidor with cigars. I got a, little, got a bottle of Macallan. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to grab a cigar and a glass of Macallan on my way out on the porch. And I'm going to sit there and look over the 15 hole of the golf course. And I'm going to relax and go, life well lived. You know why? Because I saved my money. I don't got to do nothing. You ain't going to make me do something. I'm not going to compromise my character or my integrity. Other companies try to recruit me away from this company. I'm not leaving this company. I joined this company because a mentor asked me to. I didn't join this company because I had to have this money or I had to have this life. Or I, had, I joined this company because Coach Tomer said to me, are you ready to stand before God and say you've done all you can do with the blessings that he's given you? And I said, no, I can't say that I would be willing to do that. He said, then partner with me. We're going to connect with the hip and change the world. Now, Coach Tomer has since retired and is 90 years old. But last I checked, we hadn't finished changing the world. So I get up every day because I told that man I was going to connect with him and change the world. When the world changed, I quit. Oh, we pay you more money. I ain't joined for the money. I joined to change the world. How are you going to show me how to change the world? Oh, you can't. Then, then leave me alone. I asked somebody to try to recruit me the other day. I said, I said, you ain't got enough money. He said, what you mean you ain't got enough money? I said, listen, if you want me to leave this company, it's going to cost you about a billion and a half dollars. And he said, you're crazy. What you mean a billion and a half dollars? I said, well, you see, let me explain to you. If I quit, that means we're going to shut the whole thing down. So I got to have enough money to take care of Coach and Scott and all their kids and grandkids. And then I got 25 directors that account with me. So they're going to need about $100 million each so that they will agree to quit. See, I need everybody to agree. So I got to have a meeting. And I got to take a billion five, a billion five, and I got to split it up. And then we'll all quit, and then I'll come join you. They're like, never mind. I mean, you asked. So I gave you the plan. Because if I leave, I ain't leaving nobody behind. I'm, we're gonna, I'm a whole crew. Meaning, I just got an offer to leave. I'm going to get a billion five. How, how, how many ways you got to split that? Okay, everybody, is everybody going to be good with their portion? 
You know, the you and Bill got to make it on 80 million. And that's your, your portion. You can keep. Y'all okay with your portion? Look at that. Y'all okay with your portion? I got everybody their portion. I got coach who's 90. Make sure him and his wife good on their portion. We all got our portion. So they don't call me no more. Because <laughs> they ain't got that kind of money. And if you ain't got that kind of money, don't talk to me about leaving. Because I, I don't leave people. You know what my greatest wealth is? People. People are more valuable than money. I can prove it to you. If I got stuck in Baltimore right now, how many of you would make sure I had some place to stay? Look at this room. How many of you would make sure I had something to eat? Look at it. So it ain't costing me no money or to eat or have shelter because of the wealth of people and relationships that I've invested in for the last 20, 30 years. I actually don't need money. And, and guess what? That's just Baltimore. I can stop in any state and go online and say, it's me, CEO of Sir. I'm stuck in Virginia. I'm stuck in, in, in Connecticut. I'm stuck in New York. And a surge person will come get me. A surge person will come get me and make me something to eat. And the sad part is, I talk about it so much, most of them know what I eat. I was in California. And they made some food after the meeting, and one of the girls came up to me with a bag, had hot sauce in it. She said, three years ago, we had a meeting with fried chicken, we had no hot sauce. You said you was going to take away our black cars. <laughs> so I made sure we had chicken, I brought you some hot sauce. Three years later, she brought my hot sauce. You can't buy that. That's relationships. That's your greatest wealth. How people trade in relationships for money? Only one reason, that they can't pay their light bill this month. They ain't say they money, eh? So their problem is bigger than a relationship. It's my car is getting taken this month. So I have to forego relationships and integrity and character and everything to just live to fight another month. Who wants to live that way? My house has equity, my cars have equity, everything I own has equity. If I can't pay it, they can have it. And I'll make money off of it. If I sold any of my cars right now, I'll make money. If I sold my house, I'd make over a million dollars in equity on my house. So if times got tough, you can't live here no more. Oh, okay, all right then. I'm gonna go and put it up for sale. Me and my wife gonna take that million and a half, we get off selling it, where you gonna live now, baby? <laughs> we poor, we start struggling. We struggling with this million and a half. Where you, where you wanna live? That's what saved your money and powers you to never be backed into a corner. I'm beating this for a while because I want you to hear me. You start making money, first thing you want to do is spend it. I'm telling you, the first thing you need to do is save it till you get in a strong position of not needing anything and let wealth be the relationships you build 
then start spending what the government try to take in tax. That's the game plan. And that way you always okay. If the whole world go to crap right now, I'm gonna be all right, I'm gonna be okay. So you definitely ain't talking me into nothing stupid or getting me to betray the trust of the people who I spent all this time building relationships with. You know how many times I had to go to Jeannie and Bill House for them to like me and let me in? It was work. Then I had to teach them what I eat and how to have it available on an ongoing basis. Now that I got them trained just like I need them, Bill know how to make at least five different Ciroc drinks that I like. Now how long it took to teach him that? When I met him, he didn't even know what Ciroc was. Now he's an expert. Jeannie's got birthday cakes for all of our birthdays, even if she don't know if we're coming. You know how long it takes to get people to that level? Jeannie knows where to find marshmallows the size of pillows. <laughs> Who else knows how to do that? I'm just saying, there's certain things, you can't come up with money for that. I swear to God, I've traveled all over the world. There is no bed and breakfast better than Bill and Jeannie's. There isn't. There isn't. I wake up in the morning, Bill's like, so what would you like for breakfast? I don't know. Well, let me give you some choices. What are you drinking? How does he have everything? Oh, it's not a new refrigerator. I'll go outside to the freezer. There's more outside. I'm at their house just full for no reason. Nah, I don't want nothing else to eat. Well, it's almost lunchtime. I'm still full from breakfast. <laughs> Number six, you got to live in daytight compartments. What do I mean by that? Guys, stop letting the past dictate your future. Hey, do this exercise with me. I want you to lift your right hand, index finger up in the air. Everybody, do this with me. Now, I want you to touch your nose. Okay, now put your hand down. Now I'd like you to untouch your nose. You just did it a second ago. Why can't you just undo it real quick? You can't. See, you can no more change your past 30 years ago than you could change 30 seconds ago. The past is the past, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. So why do you keep taking it with you into the future? If you can't change untouching your nose 30 seconds ago, how do you still focus on something that happened yesterday? Let's know some of you still mad about stuff from last week, a month ago. Some of you talking about your childhood. Really? You definitely can't change that. So you gotta live in daytime compartments. I don't take nothing into tomorrow from today. Tomorrow is his own day. And I started with a positive attitude and then I see how it worked out. But it don't matter what yesterday was like because that ain't got nothing to do with what today's going to be like. So even if yesterday was crappy, well, thank God that's over. Got a new day. And I know it's hard. Sometimes me and my wife get in a fight 
And then the next day, she'll wake up and be like, you want your coffee? And I'm like, it's poison. <laughs> She's too happy. First thing she offered me is coffee after yesterday. It's my last day. I got to take it, because if I don't take it, it means I don't trust it. And if I don't trust it, then she's going to kill me later with lunch. So I'm going to have to drink this coffee whether I want to or not, because we live in daytime compartments. So let me go and say a prayer. This is my last day, because she poisoned my cup. And I drink that coffee. And I'm still here. She ain't never poisoned it, because we let it go. But it is scary when you're just fighting, and the next day it's like, breakfast? <laughs> What's in it? But we've had to learn. When that day is over, the day is over. Whatever we was discussing, we have moved on. And we don't change our habits. There's nothing that we can fight about that's gonna make me treat her any different than I always treat her. I don't use money to control her. No, no matter what happened, bills paid. Money is the money. My wife's allowance is her allowance every month on the same day of every month. I write that check, whether we're fighting or not. She can storm in there and snatch it off my desk and walk out. It's still there, but she's still my wife, mad or not. Some days she make me something to eat. Some days she roll her eyes and keep on walking. I just get up and go and make it myself. And the next day, she'll make it again when she ain't mad no more. But I don't change, she don't change. If she normally brings me my coffee, guess what I'm getting tomorrow? Coffee. Might be angry coffee. Might have one less sweetener in it. But that's why I keep extra sweeteners in my drawer. You know? But I get my coffee. See, some of you letting the past dictate your future. Some of you letting pains and angers and frustrations carry into your days, and that's why you find it so difficult to be positive. Live in daytight compartments. Once you fall asleep, that day don't matter no more. What matters is from the moment your eyes open again, if they open, thank God they open. And then go about building another day. If you can master this, change your whole life. There's people who can't find happiness because they're consumed by their past. A past they cannot change no more than you can untouch your mind. Number seven, focus on developing people into leaders. We're not trying to build followers. There is no following. There's leaders. I look at each and every one of you as a leader. It doesn't matter whether you're brand new as a guest today or you've been here for years, you're in a leadership development program. That is the process. That's how I view you. I don't look at you as somebody to follow me and cheer for me. I work for you. My job is to help you develop in your process. You don't work for me. And you gotta have the same servant leadership attitude. Everybody you share this business with, you go to work for them. They don't work for you. 
Number eight, you gotta be a competitor. Guys, one of the ways that we are taught to challenge ourselves as humans is through competition. We're taught it from the moment we, we go to school. That's why we grow up in schools, in classes of kids, right? It start with pre-K or something they call it. Pre-K, what happens in pre-K? You throw a whole bunch of little kids in a room. And what do they start naturally developing? Competitive spirit. See, I told y'all I was a grown baby. See, I remember pre-K. I got the pre-K, they showed us the toys. I said, that's my truck. Now, obviously all the rest of the little kids ain't hear me or didn't understand English. But I proceeded to make it clear that when they said recess, I went for my truck. And anybody near my truck caught some. And I kept getting in trouble. And they kept going, why are you keeping that truck? They keep touching my truck. That's not your truck. The school bought that truck. It's my truck because I said it was my truck. They should have heard me say it was my truck and not touch my truck. They called my mother. Your son keep fighting. Why he keep fighting? Because he keeps saying they touching his truck. But that ain't his truck. That's a school truck. Now, my mother didn't try to change me. You know what she did? Brought my truck. <laughs> she said, here go your truck. I said, now nah, I got my truck. I wish somebody here would touch my truck. <laughs> See, I started uh, from right out the gate. Every year that we went to another grade, I set the standard. Okay, and it's gonna be, by fourth grade, I started a game. Somebody got to be in charge of these kids. They don't seem to know what they do. So my name is Chris Copley. I started CC in the game. I mean, every kid take their coat off. We took some glue. We wrote CC in the game, and then we put glitter over it. And everybody got a whooping when they got home for putting glue on their coat, including me. I came home with my coat and CC in the game glued on the back. My mama tore my butt up for putting glue on that coat. But I had a game. CC in the game. Somebody had to control these little kids. They wasn't thinking right. I had to organize the labor. I have a picture of CC in the game being started. The teacher took a picture of us in the playground. Literally, I'm at the top of the slide board and all the kids at the bottom. I look like Cyrus from the Warriors. Can yeah, we're gonna be running this school. Everybody pass your milk forward. Starts <laughs> right, competition. You gotta be a kid, you gotta have that spirit. What happens as soon as we become adults? I don't compete. I don't care if I win. How do you not care if you win? You know if you don't win, you lost. People gonna call you a loser whether you like it or not. Because if you didn't win, you lost. Well, I don't like the prize. They got a, they got a contest for a free trip to some place I don't wanna go. 
so that you give the trick to somebody else after you win. I'm still winning. If there's a contest, I'm winning. I'll figure out what I'm going to do with the winnings afterwards. But what's not going to happen is you not going to beat me and be able to say, you beat me. Are you kidding? Mm -mm. Right now, if a race broke out, y'all better move. Because <laughs> I'm going to get there. And I'm not even going to help you, but I promise you, some of y'all going to take a fall, a trip, I'm going to throw some elbows, it's going to be, but I'm going to get to the finish line. And after I win, then I'll help y'all out, they lost. But I'm not going to lose. Not going to, she understand me. I see why she got a hand up. Kids understand me. The rest of y'all too grown to understand me. Y'all don't think like this no more. She's sitting right there going, me and you both going to win. <laughs> I can see it on her face. She got that look on her face like, see, he know what I'm talking about. We getting out. Now, we'll send somebody for my mama and some other people. <laughs> Once me and him get outside. See that? Some of us need to find that childlike spirit again. Because we didn't gotten to this old, I don't really care if I win mentality. Life won't give you what you ask for. You don't care if you win, life will let you lose. Trust me. Trust me. So you got to be a competitor. You got to understand this principle more than anything. Negatives up, positives all around. What does that mean? Listen to me, guys. We are a technology company and a people company. What two things have the most flaws? Technology and people. Which means stuff's going to go wrong. And when it does, bring it up line so we can fix it for you. If you have a problem, talk to your sponsor. If they can't fix it, go to their director. If the director can't fix it, go to the next level director. If they can't fix it, go to an ambassador. If an ambassador can't fix it, come to me. One of us will get it fixed if you bring that negative thing up. But here's the problem when you decide to tell the person next to you. You know, I, I did some work last week and, you know, they ain't even sent my paycheck on time. Now the person next to you goes, you ain't get your check? See, that's why I ain't doing nothing because they don't even be paying. And then before you know it, 18 people would just spread around and they all going, you know they don't pay. And then guess what? Your check is at your house when you get there and you're like, oh, my check is here. You can't go undo the 18 stories you started. It's the same reason why you were told that when you're mad at your spouse, don't tell your family. Because y'all will get back together and your family will still hate them three years later. Oh, she coming Thanksgiving with her husband. I can't stand her husband. Four Christmases ago, he didn't even get her nothing. She shouldn't have told you that. Because now four Christmas later, you still mad, but she didn't got three diamond rings since then and she loved him to death. You don't tell anybody about you and your spouse because y'all will make up. It's the same thing here. You spread negatives about the company then you find out it wasn't really wrong. Now you happy with the company again and everybody on your team mad. And they use that excuse for why they not winning. I remember the time that my business partner told me that her check was late. Really? And how did that benefit you? Because these are the people you're building with, and when they work, 
When they get paid, you get paid. But you just made them all mad, so they're not getting paid. So guess what? You're not getting paid. So when you have a problem, share that with your upline, not your sideline, not your downline. Because chances are, we'll figure out how to fix it. See, when you know you work with people whose hearts are in the right place, give them a chance to have their heart in the right place. Don't automatically assume the negativity. There's gonna be flaws, but it ain't on purpose. We would never steal your check. Now, it might get lost in the mail for an extra day, but we can't control what happens between when it leaves off and then there. But you can turn that into a negative, or you can... See, that's the attitude you have to have in all things you want to be successful. Right? You have a problem in your marriage, you should take it up line. Take it to your pastor, take it to God. Don't take it to your cousin, your auntie, your mama, your daddy. All the people that can't fix it, but a show throw some fuel on the fire. I'm talking to them for Simple principles, working all things in life, but we don't work them. That make sense? I think our family be trying to find something wrong with us, like they always happy. We gonna always be happy to y'all. Cause y'all don't got the power to fix nothing around here. So come over here and get something to eat, and then okay, y'all pack up and go. That's all we do with our family. Time to eat, oh yeah, tell them all, yeah, we'll do Christmas over here. Come on over here, we ain't got no stories, we ain't got no issues, we ain't got no problems. Y'all can eat whatever y'all want. Everybody good, y'all full, y'all got y'all to go plates. And don't, come on now. Everybody. See you next year. That's it. What y'all looking for? A problem? You can't fix it. Some of y'all get in a circle and just start. <clears throat> you know such and such said. It'll kill you. Number 10. You gotta think big to grow big. Guys, you only can become as big as you can imagine. You can only have what you can envision. So you gotta think big. And you, you, gotta, you gotta want more. And if it means you gotta bring more people into it, then bring more people into it. 